0: This is the Rocky Mountain Review for Tuesday, January 26th, 2021. I'm your host, Dakota Babcock. And I'm Ivy Winfrey. And you're listening to KCSU Fort Collins. On today's show, I'll be updating you on campus
1: and local news. And then we'll be hearing from KCSU assistant sports director Jonathan Gillum.
0: After that, we're going to be hearing from local band, The Crooked Rugs with local music director, Maddie Erskine. And I'll be delivering some national news. Then I'll be talking to Samantha Yee from The Collegian about COVID-19 at Colorado State University. Cutter will be giving some additional updates on
1: COVID-19 statistics, as well as technology news. To conclude the show, I'll update us on the strange things happening in the world.
0: Let's move right into campus and local news.
1: Hello there. My name is Ivy Winfrey, and this is your local and campus news for today. Starting off with local news, Colorado has set up a new call center for residents who have questions about the COVID-19 vaccine including how and when they can register and receive their shots. According to Kelly Lyell at the Coloradoan, the State Health Department announced the existence of the new call center Monday. 50 trained operators are available to answer those questions by calling the toll-free number 877-COVAXCO or 877-268-2926. This hotline is open 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. weekdays and 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Saturdays and uh, Sundays through the end of January. Scott Bookman, the COVID-19 incident commander for the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, also said that beginning February 1st, the call center will be staffed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Callers won't be uh, able to get on a list to be vaccinated by calling the number, but they will receive phone numbers and website addresses of providers in their area offering the COVID-19 vaccine. Local health providers, including Banner, UC Health, and Salud Family uh, Health Centers, also said that they have recently increased their capacity to receive calls and set up COVID-19 appointments over the phone. Bookman said during a a virtual news conference Monday, quote, one of the keys to getting people vaccinated is making sure that people know where they can go to get vaccinated, end quote. Because of limited availability, the state is continuing to limit vaccine distribution to priority groups, including healthcare workers and first responders in those aged 70 and older. Information on when other groups, including teachers and other essential workers in those ages 65 to 69, can be- begin receiving vaccinations is expected later this week, Bookman said. Poudre school districts, middle and high schools will stay in hybrid learning instead of shifting to full in-person learning in February, the district announced Thursday. According to Sadie Swanson at the Coloradoan, middle and high schools were set to shift to in-person learning February 1st and February 8th, respectively, after two weeks of hybrid learning each, but now will stay hybrid, with no new ending date for the hybrid learning announced. Middle schools shifted to hybrid learning, also known as Phase 3, on Tuesday. High schools are still in remote learning and will shift to hybrid learning Monday elementary school students, including pre-K, return return to full-time in-person learning, or Phase 4, Tuesday. PSD Interim Superintendent Todd Lambert said in the message to the district community that having the older students stay in hybrid learning longer will let the district's COVID-19 response teams monitor impacts of the limited in-person learning during Phase 3. Lambert said of this, quote, our goal remains to provide in-person learning for our students while uh, following our established protocols. We want to remain open for the rest of the school year while minimizing disruptions to student learning. End quote. Moving on to campus news. The site that once housed the Hughes Stadium could soon provide affordable housing for Colorado State University employees, as well as community health care and child care services. According to Mike Hooker and Karen Neath at CSU Source, CSU has released a new plan for the Hughes Stadium property, which will be addressing multiple issues faced by CSU employees and uh, serving the community. The development plans include over 200 single-family homes, more than 100 single-family attached homes, Over 100 townhomes, one apartment complex, a childcare facility, a transit center, an urgent care facility, 70 acres of open space, an 18-hole disc golf course, and commercial spaces for businesses. Estimates indicate that the transit center would eliminate 1.5 million commuting miles annually from the commuting needed from CSU employees, eliminating about 430 metric tons of carbon dioxide emission per year a 7% reduction in CSU's commuting carbon impact. In addition to this, the homes plan for the site includes solar energy and water-saving technology options. The plan includes a mix of apartments and single-family homes on the site, with 100% of the rental units meeting the federal standard for affordable housing. There will also be homes available for purchase, a portion of which will be attainable, priced at or below market rate in Fort Collins. CSU President Joyce McConnell said of the plan, quote, Our faculty and staff tell us that finding an affordable place to live in Fort Collins is one of their top concerns, so we must pursue every avenue to create housing in our community that is truly within reach for CSU employees. With the Hughes Redevelopment Project, we'll take an important step in making Fort Collins a place where our people can afford to live where they work. When we do that, we make both Fort Collins and CSU stronger and more sustainable." CSU's partnering with a private developer, Lennar, which was selected through the state's competitive bid process to build the project, but the CSU system is overseeing all aspects of the design. CSU has opened up its paid extension internship program for the summer 2021 session. According to Annie Albrecht and Kellen Clam at CSU Source, Undergraduate and graduate students interested in expanding their research and engagement knowledge can now apply for a hands-on paid summer internship through Colorado State University's Extension Internship Program. Internship locations vary across state and combine research, program delivery, and dissemination efforts with hands-on learning at the local and country level. Interns are awarded $4,000 for a 10-week internship at 35 hours per week, with a housing and travel assistance available for some opportunities. Each project culminates in a final extension program and poster presentation on campus at the extension forum held in the fall. Wilma Trujillo, extension internship program mentor, said of the program, quote, this program is an opportunity for students to get work experience, an essential aspect of starting a career as a young graduate. An internship at CSU Extension is a stepping stone to opportunities within the organization, including a full-time job in the near future, End quote. The Extension Internship Program, established in 2018, connects research and communities by engaging students in outreach. All eight colleges in the Office of Vice President for Research at Colorado State University, work with the Office of Engagement and Extension to support this annual summer internship program. That was your local and campus for today. My name is Ivy Winfrey, uh, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5
0: KCSU Fort Collins. We'll be back in about two minutes with the RMR Sports Report with Jonathan Gillum.
2: Hey, I'm DJ Chaos. Catch me on Jock Talk Tuesday mornings from 7 to 9. I'll take you around the worlds of the NFL, NBA, UFC, and more here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. snowy Tuesday afternoon it's Jonathan Gillum with your sporting news just some quick reminders that CSU Ram sports are mostly underway men's basketball and women's basketball are currently going swimming track and field and cross country are also playing as well and to begin let's start with the results from the swimming women's swimming and diving event that just happened with the US Air Force Academy. CSU fell short in the total event as a whole to US Air Force Academy 164 to Colorado States 131. The results can all be found at the CSU Rams website. Uh, The same thing goes for the Air Force Invitational with the track and field. Um, each is, of course, an individual person's event, and those results are available at the CSU Rams. And some more somewhat heartbreaking news is that the CSU Rams lost to Wyoming in the cross-country duel that happened just this past Saturday. With the men's losing to Wyoming 18-45, to and the women's also losing to Wyoming, 46 to 17. Moving on, I bring good news, however. Men's and women's basketball is off to a fantastic start. The men's are now currently 11 and three. With the next two games, we're playing Boise State, January 27th and 29th, Wednesday and Friday, both at Moby arena women's is 10 and two to start the season and they also face Boise state same dates Wednesday and Friday before the men's game and some more information we will be hosting all women's volleyball game home games broadcasted live here on KCSU FM also we will be having four sports shows this semester, all Monday through Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. For more content can be found on KCSU FM. Our sports podcasts are available on Spotify and through the podcast app as well. That's all I have for sports. For KCSU, I'm Jonathan Gillum, and I'll catch you next
1: that was Jonathan Gillum with sports. Up next, we're going to be here from Maddie
0: Erskine and local band, The Crooked Rugs. In about 15 minutes, we'll be hearing about national news.
3: Hello, listeners, and thanks for tuning into KCSU. My name is Maddie Erskine, local music director, and I'm so excited to share with you all some songs from The Crooked Rugs' soon-to-be-released album, It. And this new album showcases the band's talent in a whole new light. I was lucky enough to get to chat with some of the band members about the creation of this album, but first, let's listen to some of their new music. This is Let Me Down by The Crooked Rugs.
4: is down the oh.
3: You just heard Let Me Down by The Crooked
5: Rugs, right here on 90.5 KCSU. Well, to start off, if you just want to introduce yourselves, names, pronouns, and what you play and do in the band, so listeners can just have an idea of who's speaking.
6: All right. Yes, uh, I will go first. There. My name is Nolan, uh, Nolan Brumbach, him, his, um, and <laughs> I
7: play drums in the band. All right, My name's Jace Haley. I play guitar and sing, and uh, he, him.
5: Perfect. Um, so this new album was recorded um, at the Barn this summer in Durango. Do you want to just talk a bit about what that process was like?
7: We really didn't have any idea what it was going to sound like Like when we went down there and we kind of didn't have that big of a game plan, honestly. We just kind of brought all we could. But yeah, really, we just kind of got in there and started jamming. And that was kind of just how it started and kind of getting a feel for the room and stuff. And then we ended up building up like some like pillow forts around the amps and stuff, trying to cut down some of the bleed between the instruments.
6: We started playing some of
7: these songs kind of
6: right before COVID. Um, so like February and January. And before that, we had a pretty limited set list. And we had some ideas of like songs we are kind of ready to record or we're going to play live next. Um, and then COVID hit and we started just like recording um and writing um just as like jace and jay and myself from there we had like some structures for a lot of these songs because they're kind of weird and wacky and uh, like that just came from like being locked inside (laughs) and like okay like let's try and do something experimental yeah like Jace said we went down during the summer with like We're like okay, we're gonna record. We're just gonna bring all the mics we have and literally like just kind of like threw some stuff up and like adjusted it from there. And so we kind of knew like what songs we were gonna record. Some of them we just like came up with on the spot too. So it was very very informal. Like kind like Jay said, we kind of had a plan but not really, and it turned out really cool. Um, Sometimes I'm surprised. I'm like, wow, this sounds you'd never know that this was just kind of
5: <laughs> thrown together. <laughs> thrown yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Very well done. You can tell that you got to the end, the final from me starting just with like a, we'll find out what's going to happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely
7: had some steps along the way there. There were times where like, Oh man, this sounds really bad. Like we're going to have to figure something else out.
6: Oh yeah. And we also like, we started earlier in the year. Um, recording we'd like record drums and some other stuff and then we'd send it down and then rex and finn would send back um you know waves and mp3s of their tapes
4: and it it just wasn't yeah it
6: just it wasn't gelling super well i mean i we're gonna do it again in the future i think it's gonna work better but there was just some sort of disconnect so it's just like hey we're gonna come down there for a week and like we're just gonna hang out and live track as much as possible uh, and then from there we'll do our overdubs and like if we need to do redo something, like it's okay. I think like the base part in it um, is really complicated. <laughs> Jace wrote it and then Finn had to learn it. Um, <laughs> and he wasn't able to do it before the we had to leave. but yeah. he was able to learn it and then send that part up. So it was kind of like a combination, but we really wanted to just be together, play through these. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know yeah Um, make it work that way
5: um you had a lot of little day adventures when this took place too like in that youtube video um that you made what was some of your favorite memories that you made as a band
7: well uh we were camping and blew a tire so a crew a crew tire change is always fun
5: yeah Uh,
7: (laughs) that was so fun yeah you can see a little bit of that in the video it's like maybe 10 (laughs) seconds
6: and we're coming back from this camping trip and just hit a rock we're like oh we're yeah. gonna have to stop it.
7: <laughs> <laughs> it was not like a road either it was just like a dirt like trail going back a, a long way so we're like okay like hopefully this is not an, like a big problem so oh yeah, yeah but look,
6: like, like someone did out. drive by and they're like hey you okay and we're like yeah we're all good we got it solved and you nice. know like 20 minutes or something like that <laughs> but it was still funny and then uh you know some of the guys like Finn and Jace skateboard a lot too so it was fun just to like hang out and just <laughs> would skateboard to and from the barn <laughs> just like little <laughs> um yeah so it was good just to all hanging out at again it was almost like a summer camp type of deal so yeah you
5: know, that's
7: basically yeah awesome.
5: yeah um so recording in Durango was obviously like huge influence but were there any other like events or stories that helped inspire this album?
7: Uh, I mean, the obvious COVID stuff yeah. and just like quarantine and everything, a lot of the the album kind of plays on that trend of like in your own head kind of thoughts. So, I mean, a lot of it was inspired by just like what was going on and kind of loss of control. So, Yeah,
6: Yeah, um, another kind of like fun tidbit is um, the song Eternal. That was actually done for like a little community contest that, uh, Max Treader put it on. Yeah, he's he's a really cool guy in the in the scene here. Does a lot of stuff, plays guitar and megaphone, and has been in a variety of other projects. Um, but that was a big kickstart. So it was seven days to write a song about something, uh, a chosen topic. They had three topics. We chose rain. I don't know why, but um, that really kickstarted that eternal song and it was like oh we we have to finish this in a week (laughs) um and it that one also when you listen to it it's in a ton of different wacky time signatures it's got all these crazy synths going on acoustic guitar electric oh my god um but i think that was just driven from let's try and be creative as possible as fast as possible i think that's like a big value not value of ours, but a kind of a trend, like, okay, we have an idea, let's just like practice it into the ground and then like record it and get the feel of it. Yeah, so that that's just kind of a cool little tidbit story. That's awesome. One of the songs.
5: Yeah. Um, was there any like specific music you were listening to while you were creating this album or any musicians or bands that like heavily influenced this and inspired this, especially with the weird time signatures, <laughs> and all this fun stuff? <laughs>
7: actually so there's a few obviously we're all we're fans of psych rock yeah so like the classic like Kinga's, ocs all that stuff um but then like a lot of actually like we started listening to like some kind of turkish music and then some of like uh just kind of not normal guitar part kind of stuff
6: who is that guy oh yeah okay so bombino um, yeah <laughs> and the album nomad right here um yeah who was this it was like aaron um the guy who in cactus cat and like running the yeah. the lyric shows right now we we played a like a crossover show um were mm-hmm. like half cactus cat half crooked rugs um and he's like you guys kind of sound like Bambino. It was like, what? <laughs> okay. So we listened to that album. We're like, yeah, totally. We love this stuff. Um, uh, Kika Gakamoya. Moya. Yeah, yeah Kika Akumoyo.
4: Nice. They're That's really a, big, too.
6: a big one as well. Um, we love just watching KEXP sessions. <laughs> we literally just like sit in front of the TV and like watch these bands play over and over again. We're like, wow that's nah. so cool let's do that
7: yeah one of the bigger ones we were watching at that time was like Cromfin as well just because oh yeah big yeah one. It just kind of groove stuff
6: um yeah i think like crompton as well that's a big band they like mm. really explore the music which i don't know i feel maybe not directly related but i think that may like have happened mm. um like oh what if we have less words and more music and really just like change up the music a lot i yeah. think that's another kind of cool part of the the album is it's eight songs in 25 minutes but mm-hmm. there's so much crammed in there inspiration wise and just oh let's try this yeah we have some new stuff that we're kind of working on you can see it in the the video uh mm-hmm. for it it's very like crompton related we we're like listening to that on the way down <laughs> <Right>? yeah, <we're laughs> like oh yeah that's good <laughs>
7: It always starts off like we're going like we're going to write a song like this artist and then we try to and it sounds nothing like that artist and we're like okay <laughs> we have we have a song now at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: It I almost mean, like it starts it with that
7: inspiration we start playing. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. Um so my last question is like in a post-covid world who are some of the <sighs> artists that you'd love to tour with? And this can be both like logically and just like <laughs> the dream world where and eventually you're super famous and can pick anyone.
7: Yes, um, well, we'll start logically. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, we've, been, we've been trying to play with the Beaves for like a year. So. <laughs> that was for so funny! <laughs> we
6: had we had a a, a show on like April fourth with the Beaves, um, and then this band called Kill Vargas, who's mm-hmm. from uh, Wichita, Kansas. So obviously. <laughs> yeah we want to play that show again and we've yeah, talked to both fans yeah. like okay when, when we can like we're doing this show again i think kill vargas uh is really kind of big for me too because they do a whole bunch of diy touring yeah. and really like kind of know the ins and outs and like live on the road almost um so it'd be fun to kind of like tour alongside them or, or something mm-hmm. like that um they're all really
7: cool too but yeah who else jace who else do you want to play with <laughs> when we can play with all right. Well, we were just talking about. I mean, like Ty Segal, any any camp of his or any like project that he's working on. I don't really have a preference. And then, yeah, we. I mean, we all love OCs and King Gizzards, so those are like the pinnacle, right? <laughs> like if you could play with OCs, <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah,
5: That'd be so fun. Well, awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to let listeners know?
6: Um, let's see. I would just, once again, I'd like to shout out uh, The Lyric and Aaron. His last name starts with a V. Maddie, you're going to have to look this up. But shout out to that. Aaron and The Larrick uh, because they're doing some really, like, safe shows right now. They outside. are. They're
5: doing great stuff.
6: And that's really, like, filling a void in the Fort Collins music scene that needs to be there because there's so many good musicians here and so many mm-hmm. good bands here. Um, so we'll definitely be working closely with them in the future come, um, you know, more March and summer and kind of mm-hmm. early fall. Um, you know, we we want to be there, listen to other people, share our music, too. And it's like a good, safe way to do it right now if you want to experience live music and, and be comfortable. Um, yeah. So, you know, shout out to them about the album uh, i don't know necessarily know but we're um we're always looking forward <laughs> we've really been waiting for this album to come out i think it's been like done since november yeah. um and just the wait has been it's been so <laughs> i don't know we're like, yeah, so ready for it to days be out are
5: coming down
6: yeah right <laughs> <It's> and, <15th. laughs> and once again like i don't think 2021 is gonna be a big live year we'll yeah. play when we can when we think it's responsible mm-hmm. um but then also like like i said we're always looking forward and we have some game plans for what we want to get accomplished this year and what we want to release and um you know um so i think we're always kind of looking forward and just ready to create more so, so look, look out i don't know
4: look out! <laughs> <I> don't know. <laughs>
6: Perfect. Can you say anything else, man? <laughs> yeah, we'll okay. be around. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Yeah, thanks, Maddie. I uh, <laughs> hope you have a good semester and such things.
3: Thank you all for tuning into this special local music segment. If you missed any of this segment, it will be up on our website, kcsufm.com. My name is Maddie Erskine, local music director, and thank you all for tuning in to 90.5 KCSU.
0: That was Maddie Erskine with the Crooked Rugs. We'll be right back with national news.
7: ACSU thanks Tribal Rights for their continued underwriting support. Tribal Rights is located on College Avenue in Old Town Fort Collins and is a full custom tattoo, body piercing, and jewelry studio. Learn more at tribalrightstattoo.com
0: I'm Coda Babcock and this is National News for Tuesday. The U.S. Senate started the impeachment trials for former President Donald Trump Monday night. According to the Associated Press, Trump's impeachment charge is incitement of insurrection while many Senate Republicans criticized the former president for the insurgents, some senators have moved away from these criticisms during the impeachment process. Many senators are now showing concerns over legitimacy of the trial due to Trump only having the single charge listed against him. In addition to this, some senators including John Cornyn, who represents Texas, are concerned that this will set a precedent to impeach other former officials. In his argument, Cornyn claimed that it would be similar to impeaching Barack Obama due to both of their terms having been completed. Trump is the first president to face impeachment trials after leaving office, and arguments in the Senate officially begin the week of February 8th. Protests broke out in Tacoma, Washington, after a police officer drove through a crowd of people on Sunday night. According to Brackton Booker at National Public Radio, the officer hit several people with his patrol car and injured at least two individuals. The police officer was recorded driving through the crowd and is now on administrative leave according to the Tacoma Police Department. Protesters began demanding punishment for the officer the night of the incident and some carried signs that read Defund Tacoma Police or abbreviated TPD. No protesters were arrested and no property was damaged according to a spokesperson for the Tacoma Police even as multiple fires were set in the streets. Police were called to the scene originally in response to a street racing event that involved a crowd blocking an intersection. When the officer related to this incident was surrounded, he plowed through the crowd. Interim Police Chief Mike Ake said that the department is cooperating with independent investigators to evaluate the situation. President Joe Biden is preparing executive actions to fight against climate change, according to Lisa Friedman of the New York Times. This involves a ban on new oil and gas leasing on federally owned lands. The details of this new ban aren't clear yet. But the eventual ban would allow for more conservation efforts of federal lands and increase environmentally friendly job creation. Job creation within clean energy fields is intended to support coal economies that have been struggling in recent years. Biden is also expected to issue a memorandum that would move the climate crisis into a national security priority for the U.S. government. Michaela Goad won the, the prestigious Caldecott Medal, making her the first Native American recipient of the Children's Picture Book Award. According to Halal Atali at the Associated Press, her storybook, We Are Water Protectors, is largely a metaphor for the Dakota Access Pipeline and the activists who fought against it due to concerns over it threatening clean water access for indigenous communities. The book was written specifically in response to the Standing Rock protests for water protection from the pipeline. Goad is a member of two tribes in southeastern Alaska, and she illustrated the book after being sent a manuscript for the story. The winners were announced by the American Library Association on Monday. The White House now features American Sign Language interpreters for its regular press briefings. According to Alana Wise from NPR, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says that this new edition is quote, part of this administration's accessibility and inclusion efforts, end quote. The Biden administration also featured ASL interpretation during the Inauguration Day Pledge of Allegiance on January 20th. The Trump administration had previously been sued for inaccessibility related to coronavirus briefings, so the White House was required to include ASL interpreters for those events. This new decision from the Biden administration means that interpreters will be present at all White House press briefings, rather than only those related to public health. I'm Coda Babcock, and that's all for national news. Stay tuned for information about COVID-19 at Colorado State University from Samantha Yee of The Collegian and myself. In about 8 minutes, we'll be delivering tech news followed by Ivy Winfrey's weird news.
7: What's up? I'm DJ
6: Sammy B.
8: And I'm DJ Fruit Guts. And And we're we're the the music music directors here at KCSU. KCSU.
6: Join us every Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m.
8: For our show Hidden Gems, where we play the freshest new music in rotation this week.
0: I'm Coda Babcock, and this is the COVID-19 update for Tuesday. Colorado State University has a cumulative total of over 2,000 cases of COVID-19 since May 2020 when reporting first started. Larimer County has over 17,000 cases and 185 deaths, and the county is currently considered at high risk for coronavirus transmission. There have been nearly 300 outbreaks in the county, and every day in the past two weeks has seen a minimum of 50 new cases. There have been nearly 50 new cases in the past 24 hours in Larimer County. Which has a 14-day case rate of over 300 per 100,000 residents. There are 47 COVID patients currently in the hospital, and hospitalization usage, and hospital usage is at 72%, ICU utilization is at 83%, but in the past two weeks, new positive test results have not reached over 10% of all tests administered. Larimer County is currently working through a spike in cases that occurred following Halloween and Thanksgiving, but overall cases have gone down since the holiday season ended. The state of Colorado has over 385,000 cases of COVID-19, and there have been over 5,500 deaths among cases. The state has seen over 3,400 outbreaks of COVID-19, and the state has launched an informational campaign related to COVID-19 vaccinations. Today, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment also announced new testing sites and pop-up testing events for Colorado residents, according to a press release. For more information on these new testing events and the informational campaign, you can visit covid19.colorado.gov. A new variant of the novel coronavirus has been found in Minnesota. The Minnesota Department of Health announced Monday that this strain is believed to have a higher rate of transmission. The variant is referred to as P1. The Minnesota resident reported traveling to Brazil prior to his onset of symptoms. Minnesota State Epidemiologist Dr. Ruth Lynn Field said of the situation, quote, If you must travel, it is important to watch for symptoms of COVID-19, follow public health guidance on getting tested prior to travel, use careful productive measures during travel, and quarantine and get tested after travel, end quote. The United States has a total of over 25.3 million cases of COVID-19, and over 420,000 people have died as a result of the virus. Cases have gone down by 31% in the past two weeks, and deaths have gone but down by 3% as well. Hospitalizations, which were at nearly 110,000 yesterday, have gone down by 11% in the past two weeks. The Southwestern U.S., particularly Arizona, is facing an increase in average daily cases this week. New variants are among the most recent challenges associated with this pandemic. Information for this segment was gathered from Colorado State University, Larimer County, Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, National Public Radio, the New York Times Live Coronavirus Tracker, and the Centers for Disease Control. The only current ways to protect yourself from COVID-19 without both doses of the vaccine include washing your hands for at least 20 seconds with soap and water, regularly using hand sanitizer, avoiding touching your face, wearing a cloth face covering or medical grade face mask, staying at home when possible, and maintaining social distance when interacting with others outside of your household. I'm Coda Babcock, and that's all for COVID-19 updates. Today, I'm joined by Samantha Yee of The Collegian to talk about her recent article discussing COVID-19 testing and vaccinations at Colorado State University. To start off with, um, how are screening and symptom reporting requirements changing for the spring?
8: So CSU still has screens open for anyone with a CSU ID, and if they want people to get, screened, they want people to get screened whenever they can. So this semester they have these mandatory testing groups. So if you fall into the groups of students living in residence halls, everyone living in fraternity and sorority housing, and first and second year students. Who are in face-to-face classes and faculty and staff who are regularly on CSU campus, then you have to get screened on a weekly basis. And CSU is trying to increase their testing capacity to expand those mandatory groups throughout the semester. Difference with symptom reporting now, as you know, we don't have to do the daily tracker anymore, only the symptom reporter. So if you do have COVID symptoms, don't go to the testing sites and infect everyone there, fill out the reporter and wait for further instructions.
0: How exactly are vaccinations impacting the university so far?
8: So, they're doing pretty well so far, it sounds like. They're good for offering protection for the frontline health workers. There are about 350 people vaccinated from the CSU community, and most of them are working in either like the health network or those doing the saliva and nasal swab tests. And, you know, according to the, the pandemic team, they also vaccinated the police department and some researchers working with COVID.
0: Why exactly were certain groups like police officers on campus selected for vaccination um, ahead of teachers and professors?
8: Yeah, so that was chosen by like the pandemic preparedness team. And they, well, according to that town hall, they talked about just evaluating who had the most contact with people who are likely to have COVID. So the educators come next even within like the Colorado state plan. So that's what they're looking at next That's play 1B and then 1A includes, you know, health work, care workers and face-to-face, um, yeah, face-to-face health workers.
0: All right. Um, are vaccinated members of the CSU community still required to use the symptom reporting and screening tools and why exactly?
8: Yeah, so even if you are vaccinated, if you fall into the mandatory groups, you're still recommend, you still have to get the screenings regularly because uh, with the vaccines, there hasn't been enough research to know if the vaccinations prevent transmission of COVID. And so there isn't guidance from the state or the CDC about what to do as far as screening goes. And, you know, because the vaccine is double dose, you could still get sick after getting like the first dose. So even with the vaccine, CSU still wants you to get screened if you're in the mandatory group and take precautions.
0: And then as we all know, um, CSU has been hybrid in some, and had um, fully online classes last semester and this semester so far. Um, how exactly is that going to potentially change with the hybrid hybrid structure and phasing systems?
8: So right now we're in week two, so phase two and some of the five hybrid courses are have their in person components installed this week, like if they're essential to the class, like labs and stuff. But the rest are still fully online and might start hearing that we'll start hearing next Friday when the COVID situation might allow them to start in person. But you know, still very uncertain time, and we'll kind of just have to see. <laughs>
0: All right, thanks. Um, And then how are grading and withdrawal policies continuing to be impacted by the pandemic? Does CSU kind of plan to do similar things as last semester where withdrawal was extended and um, UNS unsatisfactory and satisfactory grading were um, an option for students?
8: Yeah, exactly that though. They made it clear from the beginning this time that uh, UNS grading will be available and withdrawal has been extended to the 30th and there's still like drop um, drop withdrawal period on like the last day of classes.
0: All right, and then to conclude, do you have anything else that you wanna talk about regarding CSU's vaccination system, Colorado's vaccination system and uh, screening and testing on campus?
8: I don't believe so. I think that covers all the important things to know and that basically it's still not over even with the vaccine coming out, we still have to be screening and taking precautions and while well, still trying to learn
0: <laughs> all right thank you so much again that is samantha Yee from the collegian if you want to read her article she is on the front page of the collegians website right now at collegian.com stay tuned we're going on a quick break but after that you're going to be able to hear some new updates and tech news with apple and facebook as well as some weird news with ivy winfrey
6: You are a current CSU student and would like to be a part of KCSU FM,
7: go to kcsufm.com backslash training to be a live DJ, podcaster, or reporter. This is 90.5 KCSU,
6: Fort Collins.
0: I'm Coda Babcock and this is Tech News. In response to the misinformation pandemic, Twitter is launching a new fact-checking program called Birdwatch. According to Kim Lyons at The Verge, The new program's launch was announced Monday and will add notes to tweets which would include context for the tweets. The pilot for Birdwatch launched to about 1,000 users who are able to make these notes and rate notes submitted by other participants. An example of a um, note category is misinformed or potentially misleading. Within the note, the user may include additional information such as a link to an article or press release. Twitter first confirmed their work on the project last year. Apple is having a new transition within their executive team. According to an Apple press release, John Ternus will now serve as the Senior Vice President of Hardware Engineering and his predecessor Dan Riccio will be shifting his focus to a new project under the supervision of CEO Tim Cook. Turnus joined the Apple product design team in 2001 and became a Vice President of Hardware Engineering in 2013. Turnus's service at Apple has included oversight of new Apple products including AirPods, iPads, and newer iPhone generations. He also is leading Apple in the transition to Apple Silicon for Mac computers. His predecessor joined Apple in 1998, and his new role focuses on shaping the future of Apple products. Facebook's oversight board is preparing to review the platform's action to suspend former President Donald Trump's account following the insurrection at the US Capitol. According to Shannon Bond at National Public Radio, Facebook's new Independent Oversight Board will be weighing in about a potential decision to reinstate the former president's Facebook account. The Oversight Board includes a panel of international experts who are able to make policy recommendations to Facebook. The group's ruling on Trump's account reinstatement is due within 90 days, and the case is largely going to be ruled based on implications for free speech and global human rights. Now for Weird News with my co-host Ivy Winfrey.
1: Hello there, my name is Ivy Winfrey, and sometimes we need to get a little bit weird with it. So here's some of the weirdest stories from around the world that I've found today. A New Hampshire woman was accused of impersonating a prosecutor in dropping all criminal charges against herself. According to Mark Hayward, the New Hampshire union leader, a woman allegedly impersonated a Hillsborough County prosecutor when she filed false documents with court officials declaring that the drug possession and stalking case against her had been dropped, according to recently released indictments. Lisa Landon, 33, of Railroad Street, Littleton, faces one charge of false personation and six charges of falsifying physical evidence, according to Hillsborough County grand jury indictments handed up later this month. The indictments allege that Landon submitted the fake documents in three different court cases last November and December. In several instances, she used the New Hampshire court system's electronic system to file documents. In November, Hillsborough County prosecutors became suspicious when they heard from a state forensic examiner who had been scheduled to perform a competency evaluation on Landon. The examiner saw a notice on Landon's court file that prosecutors had dropped the charges. The examiner wanted to know if the examination should go forward. Indictments allege Landon also filed an order falsifying a decision of retired Superior Court Judge Jillian Abramson to waive filing fees in a lawsuit she brought against Hillsborough County, and she allegedly filed an order on behalf of a relative to halt guardianship proceedings involving Landon's child. In Oklahoma, lawmakers filed a bill to establish a hunting season for Bigfoot. According to Ed Godfrey, the Oklahoman, state representative Justin Humphrey fired, filed a bill to establish a Bigfoot hunting season in order to draw tourists to Oklahoma mm-hmm. in hopes of finding the cryptid. Humphrey said of the bill, quote, there are a lot of people who really, really believe in Bigfoot, so it's going to give them an opportunity to come down. We want to make it a real deal. You can have a license. You can get out there and hunt this thing. I want to be really clear that we are not going to kill Bigfoot, we are going to trap a live Bigfoot. We are not promoting killing Bigfoot, we are promoting hunting Bigfoot and trying to find evidence of Bigfoot. End quote. Humphrey's House Bill, 1648, would direct the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation to establish the annual dates of a Bigfoot season and create any necessary specific hunting licenses and fees. Humphrey said he would like to see a $25,000 bounty for the live capture of a Bigfoot. The bill, notably, does not differentiate between the trapping and killing of the mythological creature, meaning that theoretically the Bigfoot hunting season would permit hunters to kill it. A new study has discovered that octopuses have a tendency to punch fish, sometimes for no apparent reason. According to Reese Oxner and Nell Clark at National Public Radio, research published in the journal Ecology found that octopuses punch fish with their tentacles deliberately. Sometimes there's a reason for it, but other times there's no discernible excuse. The octopus is typically a solitary creature, but sometimes an octopus might take part in a hunting party made up of fishes. A grouper fish's gestures, for example, can clue an octopus into the location of prey. Researchers were studying this mutually beneficial behavior when they came across an octopus punching fish while hunting. Although researchers have observed octopuses punching fish before... The behavior happening in the context of a hunting party is new and can happen suddenly. According to researcher Eduardo Sampiano, quote, You can see there are some punches, almost like a small boop, and there are other ones that even the whole arm curls up and uncurls afterwards, you know, like the motion of a boxer doing a punch, end quote. In some cases, the researchers were able to determine the reason the underwater bully decided to strike. Sometimes it's a partner control mechanism, Sampiano explained, to drive the fish away from the octopus's next meal. Or it can be to control where the fish is swimming. Or it can be a form of punishment, he said. And sometimes, the eight-legged creature just punches the fish with no discernible incentive. I'm Ivy Winfrey, and this has been your Weird News from Today, here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review.
2: here on 90.5 KCSU here in the back nine as Mr. Odom steps up to the tee box.
1: Odom having just a phenomenal day out there. He is really making quick work of his opponents. He's going for the first spot as he drives this one off. It looks like it's sailing. And boy oh boy is it. Luckily everyone here was tuned in to 90.5 KCSU FM to hear all the action.
2: KCSU always has and always will bring you sports.
1: And now for the weather.
0: Today was pretty cold and chilly, with snow showers throughout the day and a high of 24 degrees, below of 12. We experienced moderate, moderate winds, reaching about nine miles per hour. Luckily, tomorrow will be warming up, and winds will be slowing down to six miles per hour, with a high of 38 degrees and a low of 20, with sunny skies. Thursday will continue warming up, but clouds will come back out. Same wind speeds as Wednesday, and no chance of snow, with a high of 47 and a low of 26. And for Friday. You'll have to tune in this Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. to the Rocky Mountain Review, only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And that's all for today. We just want to thank Damian Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. We'd like to thank Thomas Taylor, Asher Korn, Stephanie Keel, Hannah Copeland, Addison Lambert, Elliot Hutchinson, Jonathan Gillum, Ben Krueger, Ben Haney, Dixon Lawson, Peter Walk, Taylor Sandel, and the rest of the staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. And I'd like to thank you, Coda. And I'd like to thank you, Ivy. And finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener. Thank you. And with that, we'll see you next time.
7: This is Justin. And this is Allie. And
2: we're from the band Zebra Zebrahead. Head. And you're listening to 90.5 KCSU. Yeah.